ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, May 26th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. I hope everyone had a safe and happy and healthy Memorial Day weekend. Of course, hopefully you took some time out of your Memorial Day holiday to remember the reason why we celebrate Memorial Day. A lot of interesting sports on the weekend to look at. Of course, NASCAR had its thing going on, so I'm sure a lot of people were watching that. I did watch, of course, the match. I watched Tiger versus Lefty. I watched Peyton versus Brady, and I thought that was amazing. That was probably some of the most entertaining golf I've seen in a long time. Now, I'm not really a golf fan. I don't sit and watch golf on a weekly basis. It's not my thing, but... That was entertaining, the format, the way you could actually interact with the the participants while it was going on. The fact that Charles Barkley was talking trash the entire time. I mean, that was fun. So I I enjoyed watching that. But hopefully we're going to get back to some more traditional sports soon. And the NHL making their announcement about 35 minutes ago. Gary Bettman spoke live in all the NHL platforms, including NBC Sports Network, their social media channels, all their Canadian television partners, and they've got their return-to-play plan, which we're probably not going to see hockey until July. Not July 1st, mind you, but maybe mid-July, maybe even August. just depends on how the situation looks, but they've got a plan in place. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but I will say this. It's a step in the right direction if you're a hockey fan. Now, the NBA is trying to get their plans together. We still don't know what Major League Baseball is going to be able to do. And, of course, closer to home, we're still trying to figure out what college football looks like. And I know Grant Trailer was talking to Mike Hamrick the other day uh, in his story that came out a couple of days ago. But what it might look like as far as social distancing, what it's going to look like as far as the ticket situation, if there's going to be – a reduction of fans limited to only maybe season ticket holders and certain other groups. Yeah, what's that going to look like? So my best advice to you is if you want in, you better start talking about renewing your season ticket or getting in on on the season tickets. That's just my early takeaway from that. I don't think that was anything more than, look, we're going to limit this thing if we do. We're going to limit it first, and here's where the pecking order begins. So you can't just roll up on game day and say, you know what, I want to go see the herd play. So if there is some social distancing going on, there's some sort of restriction on how many people can actually attend a game, this is your option right now. And you know me, I'm not here, it's not, not my job. I'm not here to sell you tickets. That's never been my job. But I do remind you, if you want in, That's basically the path you're going to have to take right now. If you want to be in that crowd, if you are guaranteed in your mind that I'm going to go, if I can go, I'm going, get your ticket. Now, they did outline on on HerdZone.com. They sent a release out. Look, if you get your tickets and there's not a season, here's where 
you can take advantage of either moving it forward. You can donate that. You'll get a refund. It's not necessarily, all right, I'm taking a chance here. I'm not going to be able to use these. They're going to sit here, and I'm not going to get a chance. Not, you could have game because it's not going to have game. No, it's nothing like that. So check that out. Again, head over to Marshall's uh, official athletic website, herdzone.com, and they've got the details there. But we still don't know what's going to go on. And today, it was a joint statement that was released today. Now, television is a big part of all of this. Without television, and if there's going to be limited fans in the stands, you're going to need television more than ever. And so the networks have reached an agreement to push back the announcement of college football early season games that will be shown. The statement was released by CBS, ESPN, which of course is our content provider on the radio station, Fox, and their affiliated networks on behalf of the Football Bowl Subdivision Conferences, which includes Conference USA. Basically, the gist of this is, hey, we're going to announce this. We're making an announcement today that we're going to announce the schedule later. June 1st. We're looking at June 1st. That's usually when these things come out. No, we're pushing that back now. So we can't look at June 1st now as, okay, we're going to see what the TV schedule is going to be. We're going to get a better idea because the networks and everyone's just pushing this stuff back because they don't know. We don't know what games are going to be played, what capacity. And honestly, if this is going to be a limited product for fan interaction, if I'm the television networks, I have got my pick of the litter. I'm taking the best games I possibly can, or I'm making the schedule so attractive that if fans can't go, they've got the option to be on TV all day long, top to bottom. Now, of course, Conference USA, I'm sure a lot of these games will be on say ESPN Plus, Stadium, CBS Sports Network, of course, is going to be a player. NFL Network, for example, going to be a player here in Conference USA's television schedule. But we're not going to find out anything until later. And I'm okay with that. I really am. Because we're being smart. I don't need to know the TV time right away. And the fact is, unless they move the game date you can pretty much, for the most part, adjust to the TV time. Fair? I know for some of you, maybe that's going to be a problem. Hey, I really can't do a noon game. I can do a 7 p.m. game. I can't do a noon game. Okay, I get that, totally. But that's what this announcement is. Now, I wouldn't read anything into this either way. This isn't the television networks hedging their bets going, okay, we're not going to announce anything because we just don't know. I think the reality here is you just don't know, period, what's going to go on. So you want to make sure you're in the best position to put together, depending on what the situation looks like down the road, which is we're speeding down that road quickly. I know we got a few months, but we're still speeding down that road. If I'm a television exec, I want the best games I possibly can, depending on what my partnerships are. If my partnerships are Conference USA, I'm looking at, okay, I want the best matchups I possibly can come up with. And of course, the bigger your network, the bigger your partnerships are. And, of course, you've got obligations as well. If you've got fans that are stuck at home, obviously their first concern is, how can I watch my game? Television networks want to put the best game on possible. But there could be a lot of this as well. So, okay, how do we make sure if I'm a conference partner with, say, Conference USA, how do we maximize 
the schedule. So we are exposing as many games to the public as possible, maybe back-to-back-to-back, maybe staggered. I mean, could there be a situation where games get moved to a different night again because you're trying to make sure all your conferences can get television? I'm sure the conferences are negotiating with the television providers. I could be completely wrong. This could just be a, hey, we really don't want to put the schedule out just yet. We're kind of seeing what we're doing. I mean, that can be completely what's happening here. Or conferences are negotiating with their television partners, and they're all working together to put together the best schedule, or at least put together a schedule in lines with what they're going to be able to do scheduling in actuality. We don't know. So I'm willing to say that. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Athletic directors have an idea of what's going on, but it's so fluid, it's changing day to day. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's happening with the NHL. I get to talk some hockey with you today. I'm excited about that. Appalachian State, however, coming up next because they cut three programs. Again, programs are continuing to be cut across the country. Is this a forebearer of what the new norm, and I hate that term, the new norm is going to be? Will programs across the country start cutting more and more? Marshall, I don't think there's going to be any cuts happening at Marshall. I just have a good feeling from what I've heard. Again, all anecdotal. But the feeling for me is I don't think Marshall at this time is going to look at any program to cut. But there are programs being cut across the country. And for those schools that carry 19, 20, 21 athletic programs, I think you're going to start seeing a paring down of what really can we get away with not having here. And we'll talk about what Appalachian State did when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Tuesday, May 26th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We were talking earlier in the program about Appalachian State. They cut three programs today. Effective immediately, the varsity sports of men's soccer, men's tennis, and men's indoor track and field are being discontinued, which they indicate is following a detailed review of the university sports offerings and the long-term budget implications of supporting the current number of student-athletes. Scholarships will be honored for affected student-athletes who wish to return to Appalachian State, as well as for incoming signees. And that's a big deal right there. If I just sign with Appalachian State and then I read the news, oh, by the way, you know, hey, you signed with Appalachian State. Hey, thanks for coming in and being a Mountaineer. Oh, by the way, the soccer program that you signed on for, that's not a thing anymore. I would be a little upset as well. But soccer is getting hit in a few spots. That's not going away at Marshall. I mean, you've already got the facilities built. You've got the facility there. You've got a soccer program that just made a, I think, a grand entrance into the NCAA tournament. And I don't see soccer. They're just putting down a new pitch. They're getting the turf installed. It's going to look magnificent. Soccer's not going away. That's my first indicator there. I don't see soccer going away anytime soon. 
but you're not going to get rid of the women's side. You got to have a certain amount. And unless there's a change in those numbers, you're good as a Marshall fan. You're good. Unless there's a change there and something comes down from maybe the president's office in conjunction with the athletic department. I don't see that as something that's on the, on the board right now. That's just me. I could be completely wrong, but if you're Appalachian state today, I mean, you're trying to figure out what the budget looks like. And, there's still that idea that maybe Sunbelt Conference USA, there needs to be some sort of merger or some sort of horse trading here, some sort of let's put our heads together and figure out what these two conferences can look like if either they join forces or we have a Eastern Conference with the schools from the east side of both conferences and the west side. But back to Appalachian State. According to everything that I've been reading, sports reductions are part of a 20% overall reduction to the athletic department's budget for fiscal year 2021, which equates to an approximate $5 million reduction. Mid-March, the department limited all remaining operating expenses for fiscal year 2020, which ends June 30th. Also, they have indicated that Current athletic staff openings not filled, and the athletics department is exploring additional personnel actions with, of course, guidance from the university. So they're serious. They're making some cuts here. And you're going to see this again and again for more universities. I'm not saying COVID-19 and the pandemic's cover here, but the truth of the matter is the realities of college athletics and the financing have been exposed for a lot of people who maybe didn't understand what the finances really look like and really mean. If there's a season without football, this thing goes downhill quick. If there's a season with a limited amount of fans, but there's still a season, you can salvage some of this. But you got to maintain your, your minimum numbers. But you might see bigger programs. You might see programs with more teams start making cuts. How many wrestling programs are there left? Those could start going by the wayside. Baseball. Is baseball an easy sport to cut? And I'm not saying that I'm operating from some sort of inside knowledge here. I'm just throwing this out here. If you're worried about programs getting cut, baseball, you could maybe jettison baseball. I'm not suggesting that's the sport to go after, but I'm just throwing that out there as, do you see baseball as a target if there's going to be a reduction? If you're looking at the athletic picture, does baseball fall short? And I'm just asking the question. I'm not inferring that that's going to happen. I'm not suggesting it should. I'm asking the question. Is baseball a sport? Down the line, do you look at it and say, look, we can't do it. We got to take care of our budget here. If we cut baseball... We're going to save X amount of dollars. I mean, it might come down to a money issue. Whatever gets cut is going to save money. We don't know. Unfortunately, we don't. And I can't answer that question, but I can ask that question. So you're going to see universities doing this, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen at Marshall. I, that's the last thing I want to see happen is a baseball program or a tennis program or anything like that get cut at the university because, quite honestly, I mean, Marshall's at the number now. I mean, Marshall doesn't carry that many sports. Compared to other athletic departments and programs, Marshall doesn't carry that many. 
And I know you have to have football to keep this thing rolling. And I understand that completely. And I know Marshall's been very good about living very frugal. I don't mean that as a dig towards the athletic department. It's just a reality. Marshall's had to live a little frugal over the years, as many athletic departments have, because you just can't throw cash around. Each dollar has to have a purpose. You don't see too many things that are coming out of Marshall. You're going, oh, that's kind of frivolous. You don't see that. I do think that the way that teams are taken out of Huntington to bus overnight, that's going to go away. I think that is. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. And if it doesn't go away, I will be supremely surprised because they're right there. That's an easy one. That's an easy way to start saving some money. And I understand why coaches like to do that because, again, coaches like to put their arms around everything and rein it all in. But if you have a situation where you're looking at your budget and you're thinking, okay, how can I save some money here? You take the low-hanging fruit first, and I think that's really low-hanging fruit. I mean, that saves some money. How much, ultimately? I don't know, but that's more than you saved if you continue the practice. And, of course, we don't know what the football season is going to look like, so even then, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be in a situation where that's going to be something we're addressing here in a few weeks and a few months. All I do know is this, that athletic programs across the country start continuing to, to cut programs, and you're not getting it back. Appalachian State's not going to in a couple of years go, hey, all things are better now. Let's get that soccer program back up. That's not going to happen. Yeah, They probably looked at it and said, okay, this is a sport that we can do without. Tennis. Tennis is probably an easier bring back than soccer, possibly. Indoor track and field. Again, they're weighing the benefits and looking at this and going, okay, this is something that we don't necessarily have to have. It's nice but we don't have to have it compared to trying to operate with a reduction in revenue and a reduction of budget. That's why, again, I've always stressed this. Not my job to sell tickets, but if you want Marshall to have nice things, you got to spend some money. College athletics, completely different than the pros. You want nice things, you got to spend money. Not Marshall, you. You got to spend money because they don't have the money unless you give it to them. Donations, ticket sales, everything that goes with it, I mean, that's a big part of this. So if you're a soccer fan, support the soccer team. If you're a tennis fan, support the tennis team. If you're a football fan, support football. And I know a lot of you do. If you support basketball, continue to support basketball. But at the same time, keep in mind, if you want nice things, you got to spend money. All right, we're going to talk hockey when I continue. Hockey is maybe coming back. How far will the NBA be? We haven't heard really what their timetable is, but we've got an idea of what the NHL is trying to do. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, May 26th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So today, 
I got a little bit closer to having hockey back. I didn't get the full answer I wanted, but we're a little closer. So that means I've got something possibly to look forward to. And if you know me for a long time, you got to understand this has been killing me. I haven't had hockey for two months. And the NHL announcing their return to play plan today. It's going to be 24 teams with a chance to compete for the Stanley Cup. Now, let me give it to you in a nutshell, because the season paused on March 12th. So what the NHL has done is basically, in a nutshell, they've taken the standings as of March 12th, went 1 through 12 winning percentage. Those are your top 12 teams in each conference, Eastern and Western Conference. Now, you're not going to have a bracket where everybody plays right away in the sense of a true bracket. Instead, what's going to happen is you're going to have the top four seeds in each conference. They're going to play a round robin, and that's going to determine seeding, the top four seeds. It's not even really a first round bye. It's more of they're going to have pod play. I know that's a term that we all hate, but we're going to use that term just for today. Pod play. So round robin, okay. Those four teams, they're going to play for seeding. So if you're the number one seed now, you can fall all the way to number four. And if you're the four seed, you can move all the way up to number one. If you're two and three, you can swap positions. You could drop all the way down. You can move all the way up. It's going to affect the second round or the actual tournament itself. Now, the remaining teams, so you've got eight teams and the 12 teams per conference. They're going to play a series. So guess what? As of today, my New York Rangers are in the postseason. I've got something to root for. I haven't had postseason hockey with my team in a couple years, so I'm pretty excited, actually. So in a nutshell, first four seeds are going to have a round robin. Now we're going to have the other teams they're going to play And after they play, we're going to have our bracket. So they get a bye. They got to play. The top teams get a bye, but they got to play. They got to play for seeding. And so consider this qualifying. So you've got eight teams. They got to qualify. Now, in the old format, you're in. But since we've expanded this to 12, you've got to qualify now. And so in the Eastern Conference qualifying round, it's going to have four best of five series. The Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Montreal Canadiens. The Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Rangers. And as an aside here, I've been debating all afternoon, how much trash talking am I going to do when this thing, if this thing resumes? Because at Marshall University, person that really helps me often with this show is Sports Information Director Jason Corrier. And he's a, he's a Carolina guy. And he actually likes Carolina hockey. This isn't just, hey, I'm a Carolina guy. No, no. He, he actually is into this. And the Rangers have owned his Hurricanes all year long. So I've got to be careful. Am I going to do some serious trash talking? If my media credential, if the Rangers win and my media credential gets revoked, I'm going to have to take that. It might be worth it, but my media credential might get revoked because this depends on how much trash talking is going to happen between me 
And a guy who I think does an amazing job at helping me with what I need at Marshall. But I'm putting that on the line here. New York Islanders take it on the Florida Panthers. The Toronto Maple Leafs, hey, welcome to the postseason. They'll take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, in the Western Conference, the St. Louis Blues, Avalanche, Golden Knights, and Dallas Stars are going to have a bye. Eastern Conference is going to be the Bruins, the Lightning, the Capitals, and the Flyers. They get a bye. Now, the Western Conference best of five qualifying round looks like this. Edmonton versus the Chicago Blackhawks. So the Blackhawks get in. I know some of you don't really care for the Blackhawks. I get that. The Nashville Predators will face off against the Arizona Coyotes. The Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild. And the Calgary Flames will face off against the Winnipeg Jets. So that's what it looks like in the West. The East is what I'm concerned with. I'm excited. Now, the only thing that I'm not excited for is that we got to wait. The training camp, if they get to that point, no sooner... No sooner than July 1st, there's going to be some voluntary workouts. They're going to, of course, they release like a 26-page, I believe it's 26-page, guide to how they're going to, what their procedures are going to be. Uh, They're going to work in two hub cities. So you're going to have City 1 and City 2 as they outline it. Don't know which city is going to be it just yet. They've got a few that they are working with, but they're going to be hub cities. So... The city concept, the hub concept, is making its way to the hockey side of things. Now, the NBA, they're going to do their thing at Disney. They're on a campus. So I don't know what the campus atmosphere is going to look like for hockey because they're going to be quarantined in your hotel room. You're going to live in a bubble. Will the hockey side of things be more of a bubble? That's the big question. And you did the thing of... Okay, there are teams that just have no chance of getting in the playoffs, so we're not going to bring them back. And that's a big deal for a lot of these teams because they don't get to finish the regular season. Now, what this does mean for the organizations involved is the lottery pick. And they get, of course, higher spot in that lottery selection. So they're guaranteed higher spot, higher percentage in the lottery. That's one takeaway. And this isn't a perfect plan by any stretch of the imagination. There's nothing really that's bad about it, but there's nothing that's sitting there making you go, oh, wow, I wish they would do this more often. This is, here's the reality where we're at. you got a season we can't finish. Unfortunately, you've got some teams that were on the cusp, on the verge of making the playoffs or maybe figuring out where they would end up. So too many teams that are on the bubble. How do you do this? How do you make this exciting? Can't finish the regular season, but you've got some teams that maybe had a shot. Like, for example, the New York Rangers. They had a shot possibly at a wild card. So how how do they get in the situation here? Well, you have the 12 teams. They're an 11 seed. They were in a tough division. But now they're an 11 seed. They're in the postseason, or at least they get an opportunity to make the next round. Ultimately, if you're the 13th team or a fan of the team that's uh, cut out, you're sitting there going, man, this is not fair. Everybody should play. And no, everybody shouldn't play. But these were teams that pretty much high enough that you could really justify, all right, we didn't know what the ending of the season was going to look like. We didn't know what the regular season finales were going to look like, if teams were going to be able to catch up, if some teams would fade. So now you just take using the win percentage, we're going to take 12. 
because we're going to give the first four teams the bye. We're going to respect their body of work for the season, and we're going to respect that, but they still have to, because there were games left, they're going to have to play for seeding as well. Because you don't want teams sitting while other teams are playing. You want everybody starting to play and everybody sort of having the same advantage, the same rhythm. You don't want to have teams waiting for the teams that are trying to qualify to get in. You don't want that. You want to have everybody playing. And around Robin, I think that's a great idea. To give these teams some reps at the same time, you're playing for something. This isn't you just going out there and skating and playing. You're playing for something. If you're a one seed, you want to hang on to that. If you're the four seed, here's your opportunity to move up a bit. At the same time, you're not putting those teams out there that really have no legitimate shot whatsoever. There's no way some of these teams would have got in. I mean, the Sabres, yeah, sorry. The Devils, sorry. The Kings, sorry. The Ducks, Sharks, Senators, Red Wings. Okay, I'm not sorry about the Red Wings, but everybody else, sorry. And we'll find out what the draft lottery looks like. It's convoluted. I, I'm not breaking that down. You can go on YouTube. You can watch Gary Bettman explain it. He's got charts. He's got graphics. I mean, you can watch that, figure it out. I mean, go that way. It's all good. I'm not going to figure it out. And they think they can get this done the first two rounds. They can think this maybe a month. They think this is going to be a month of hockey right here. Interesting, to say the least. If you've got a plan to get this back going, the next thing you're waiting for is just so you can start training again. So it seems like we're just waiting for which city will be the city one in the east and which city will be city two in the west or the hub cities. Which is it going to be? Is Vegas on is that happening? Is Vegas going to happen? Is that going to be your West Coast team? Or are you going to have a split, maybe one American city, one Canadian city? How are you going to break this down? Are you going to have maybe a hub city that's geographically friendly? Or are you going to make sure that you have all the correct amenities and hotels and everything you need to put this together? I mean, that's the big challenge here. Because, again, this is going to be a model for everybody else. Because now the NBA's come up with their model. We're going to be in Disney. We're going to Disney, ESPN, Wild World of Sports. We're going, we're going to Disney. The NHL, okay, we're going to do a couple of hub cities, and we're going to have an expanded playoff. Forget the regular season. We can't get it done. We're going to do a playoff. Baseball, you're up next. What's your move? And we're going to watch all this, see what happens. And none of this is going to matter, though, for college football. Because you can't do college football this way. None of that's going to happen. College football does not operate this way. College football needs to be played at college football stadiums, and you need X amount of games. And unfortunately, we don't know if there's going to be X amount of games with limited fans or games with no fans. Television, they'll be fine. TV doesn't need fans. College football needs fans. NHL? Well, fans are essential. They can get away with having this season. And if this is going to be a made-for-TV event, they're going to get TV money out of this. North Texas, Marshall, UAB, how much TV money are they going to get? Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.
Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, one of the good things about this hockey outcome is the regular season's over. We're going to have an extended playoff. My team gets in. I'm excited about that. Columbus gets in, too. I know um, they're one of your teams. Uh, Columbus, Pittsburgh, they're in. The Rangers are in. I'm good. I'm happy with this. The wait's going to be the thing that kills me. I've got to wait at least a month before we even have an idea of when they can play. We're talking, what, mid-July this thing's going to happen. I mean, even August is a possibility. It's going to take maybe a month or so. Still, I'm happy to have a conclusion to this. But the other takeaway from this is the fact that basketball is getting back. Baseball, they've kind of got a blueprint now. What can they do? But the difference here is at least the Players Association, the NHL, they worked with the league. NBA seems, I don't think there's going to be any hangups there. But what if the NBA, the NHL, all figure it out to work with the league and the Players Association, and then you got... Baseball just hanging out there, like they don't know what they're doing. I mean, that's gonna. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to sit here and and negotiate, and make sure you're going into a good situation. But if you've got a situation where okay, the revenues aren't going to be all that, but there's going to be an equitable plan to take care of both owners and players. Guess what? It's not going to be a good look for baseball. Baseball needs to come back. Baseball needed to figure this out sooner because right now people are waking up early and watching baseball from Korea. And it's not terrible, by the way. We are discovering that baseball in Korea, and there's a Marshall connection there. You know that. But baseball, Korea, not terrible. Not terrible at all. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's baseball. I'm not saying that's going to replace the national pastime, but the national pastime isn't becoming, um, you know, it's not the national pastime as much. So baseball needs to really figure it out soon. I like baseball. As a kid, I liked baseball. Of course, I was a Reds fan growing up, so it was easy for me to like baseball as a kid. The Reds were good. They were good, so made it really enjoyable. As a kid growing up, big red machine. And come on, Rose, Bench, everybody else. Baseball needs to really figure it out. All right, and one more takeaway from this, and, and this is a, a side note to this. Uh, as a commissioner of a fantasy hockey league, thank goodness I can finally tell everyone, here's what happens. I mean, that's the other thing. As a commissioner of a fantasy league, I mean, it's stressful. When are we going to play? What are we going to do? Who's going to be the champion? Who are we going to clown? You get these questions. Look, I don't know. I don't know until I know, and so now I know. So um, here's the official memo to the Fantasy Hockey League, which features a a good amount of uh, members of the media, mostly members of the media. Um, I won the conference. I won the championship because I'm the number one seed, and the note went out today from Yahoo. Uh, By the way, use Yahoo for fantasy. I I do like ESPN, but for fantasy, football, hockey, I find the Yahoo app much better. Just take note, ESPN. Yahoo does it better. Uh, I'm your champion. I won. I'm your overall number one seed. I win. Shine up the trophy. Bring it home. Bring it home. 
Here are the standings, by the way. You know how I had a 19 and 2 record. 19 and 2. In comparison, Bill Cornwell had a 10 and 11 record, and that's the guy who beat me last year in the playoffs. No chance of that happening because he didn't qualify for the big boy bracket this year. He was seventh. And I'm just going to tell you right now, get the, get the trophy shined up. Get the trophy shined up. I'm, um, I'm taking home the championship. Okay, yeah, that's the highlight of my day. Come on, really. We've got two months or so without real sports, and that's the highlight. Give it to me. Let me have that one. All right, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of the show. Don't forget, uh, we've got classic NFL football action coming up tonight. You can tune in starting at 8 o'clock. You can go to our website, wrvc.com. You can see our remaining games of our NFL greatest playoff games. We've got Super Bowl One. That is coming up tonight. And we've got one more game. You can go to the website and catch the schedule. That's where we're going to be posting our schedules at WRVC.com. We'll also start posting those on our Facebook page. All you have to do is search ESPN Radio, no more, just ESPN 94.1 Huntington. You don't have to search ESPN Radio, WRVC, none of that anymore. We've got it changed to where it's uh, actually easier to find. So check all that out on Facebook. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.